for the purpose of critique, review, and education, and maybe some very soon profiteering, because that's what we need to do. It's the Shiny Squirrel Podcast Network presenting The Nerdlings, and I'm WC Chronicles. You can call me Wayne. And here with me also is, introduce yourself as always. This is Greg Van Cott. The TV and movie guys, I always refer to them as. So, I'm going to put you on the spot. We are doing a, basically, we don't have a theme, but I just want to get in the podcasting, back in the nerdlings, back on Pulpery Buffet Podcast, where we're just going to talk about whatever comes to mind. Pick our opening song, Greg. <laughs> our opening song? Yep, I'm going to punch it in and play it. Uh, the Way to Go-Go by Wham. <laughs> you, you mean Wake Me Up Before yeah, You Go? Yeah, okay. yeah, 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 yeah. I used to call it that as a kid because I never knew what the title was. <laughs> so that's the way I think of it in my head is that's the title. All right, so the- this is Greg's choice for the opening <laughs> song for the podcast. A nice bit of obnoxious. If 
but cute. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most random thing I can think of. Okay, so we started a little debate, or not a debate, but a little information on that. You were saying, you're, why did you pick that song? The demo <laughs> keyboard you were talking about? Because I got a keyboard in the 90s. Uh, I wasn't alive when the song came out even. but the I my, was in 11th grade. <laughs> <laughs> my, parents, my parents gave me this keyboard to get me into music. And the song on it, the demo, was this song. And I never knew what the title was because I didn't know what what he was singing about, George Michaels, when when, when he was when he came up with the song. So I called it The Way Before You Go-Go as a kid. <laughs> so, uh, but it, it played that song. And then I did a, in, in the mid-90s, I did a uh, PSA in elementary school for recycling called Earth Day Recycling. Uh, my dad professionally directed it. So it was my very first professional thing. I had lines. I had improv. I had to stand in front of recycling bins and everything. So, uh, you were out. You were co-starred with a recycling a bin. A recycling bin. And I, I was talking about the bins and how they were red, white, and blue, if you remember that. <laughs> oh, but God. basically, but basically the, the opening song and end credit song for that PSA for the school district was Wham! <laughs> was oh, this song. <laughs> well, do you know, I, I start. Do you know how he came up with the idea, George Michael, for that song? Please tell me. I learned, because I was back in 11th grade, back in that 1984, long century long ago, from Casey Kasem, American Top 40, he had a note. He left his mom. He was 17 years old in England, of course. She was going to work, and he left her a note that said, Wake me up, up, before you go-go. That's how the song title came about, and then the whole idea thing. <laughs> It reminds me of the Paul McCartney, uh, like, waking up and, you know, he has to comb his hair and stuff like that. It's similar routine, like, done yes. for a song, you know. Yeah. That's a, you know, he and Paul McCartney did a song together. Actually, I don't know what that song is. You'll All right. Here, right. Here's something. Because when he died, we've done, I don't, you haven't been part of him. I think you were one of the Beatles ones you were part of. But before we brought you on. Me and Mike, we once in a while, like when Glenn Fry died, when mm -hmm. Prince died. Yeah. We've done annual Guns N' Roses. We call it... A, Coined the phrase, I made the word uniqueities, putting the word rare and unique together for several, lots of just rare music of a certain artist. After George Michael passed away, I mentioned to Mike, I said, who is not here, Jersey Mike, that I wanted to do, we should do a George Michael tribute. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because a lot, in 1984, that song was their first single to be released in America. A lot of guys did not care. I mean, we kind of liked it because it was it was a happy song. <laughs> it's a fifties jitterbug it's thing. A big, yeah, it's a fifties jitterbug. It sounds more like something that women like like just watching that music video. Well, exactly. You know? And then he did the song "Careless Whisper" and then some other slow, mushy song. Guys hated it. Mm -hmm. Stupid, stupid. You know. But then I, I, some of the more upbeat songs that came out, people really liked it. It was like there's like the song "Freedom." that they put out later. The horn section on the synth synthesized horn on that song is incredible. So I'm thinking we do a, I'm going to make you do a George <laughs> Michael Wham! Uniquities podcast, but we're going to do the good music, not Careless Whisper or the, the sappy, crappy stuff that nobody likes. <laughs> You're going to talk about the stuff that people should be listening to more. Yes, yes, the stuff that's a little more upbeat in that kind of jitterbug stuff that he's done when there's a lot of it. Mm. Now, believe it or not, I saw him live in concert. <laughs> <laughs> you know what my first live concert was? What? Tenacious D. I saw Jack Black and That's Kyle Gass. And I saw Dave Grohl. I met Dave Grohl backstage. That's going to be good. I did not even realize who he was. <laughs> oh <my laughs> That's, God. How, That's how naive I was back then. 
So <laughs> well, I mean, this was right after he released uh, after they Wham broke up and he released the song Faith, and then he went on tour. Mm. And I remember, like, I my, my friend of mine named Donna who worked at Nordstrom's in downtown Portland. She was a big George Michael fan, and I was kind of like, yeah, okay, what? So she didn't have a car. I was like, yeah, let's go. I'm just curious to see what this is all about. And you remember, you've seen videos where they talk about the, the Beatles concerts were so loud they couldn't even hear them. They couldn't hear themselves. Ringo had to look at John Lennon's ass to know how to keep beats. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it was ridiculously loud. But we went to the Tacoma Dome and saw George Michael live. And you, I could not, I, the sound of the piercing, it was just beyond anything. I did have a live tape that I recorded of it bootleg which snuck my recorder in but it was just insane the sound level and I was just like that that was the reason for going just because the screaming the screeching was just off the chart loud ridiculously loud that's that story for that <laughs> <laughs> so consider it the next podcast is gonna make Greg gonna do a George Michael wham Oh, we're gonna no. do a, we're gonna do a wham uniqueities podcast. I'm gonna have to do my research on that one. You're gonna have to do your research because you're gonna have. I'm gonna make you got to. You're gonna have to pick some songs. <laughs> the thing is, I know that Deadpool loves Wham, so that's kind of one of the things, and that's where Careless Whisper comes into it. So you know, I'll have to think like Deadpool. You got to find something weird then. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will have to. Because I started weird. to do a research on it. It's like there's a lot of good shit here from their stuff in their mm -hmm. career. Anyway, all right. So actually, I do have something to add about George Michael, which is that. Uh, James Corden's Carpool Karaoke, which has become so very yes. famous. He started that with George careful, Michael. Careful. He was the very first... Uh, really? Yeah, he was one of his very first, uh, like, I guess, guests on the driving around. And he just did that just to, like, hang out with George Michael. He just was like, oh, let's hang out and let's, like, sing some of your songs together. Well, it became really popular for him to just go around and just find some kind of famous singer and then sing with them in his car. He does have a... George Michael does have a sense of humor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's and a that's, very that's one guy. of the oldest James Corden carpool karaoke's. And now because of that very very one, he, he did that back in England. It wasn't even in America. Right. So that was just something like James Corden came up with that was just funny. But I think like, you know, it became so popular and he got so many hits on it on YouTube that, you know, now he's doing... He, he was doing it with, like, you know, Adele and Billie Eilish and uh, Bruno Mars. He just, he did a whole bunch of these new car carpool karaoke's, pre-COVID, obviously. Yeah. But uh, he was doing that and just got really popular with it. And it's now his, like, most famous thing that James Corden's well-known for is, is that weird idea he came up with George Michael. You find? That's the weirdest thing because, all right, so I want, yes, talk, we've got different things to talk about. You have started a pro I, th I think everybody has kind of in the COVID thing in the back of your mind because you're people working at home, entrepreneurs. You might think about something for two or three minutes a day. Everybody's getting a business idea put together. You're working on something. I'm working on something. You go first. Oh, well, something that's become, become very popular recently <laughs> is this uh, what I call the Graham Film Lessons. And most people, when they use Instagram, they typically use it for selfish, narcissistic reasons. Look at this picture of me, uh, you know, at the beach. Look at this uh, picture of my dog or video of my dog. Look at my boyfriend or girlfriend. You know, look how cute they are in this, you know, outfit. You know, people use it for what would be considered normal, everyday routines of, like, look how right. interesting my life is. Well, 
I decided in my boredom, and it was inspired by Stranger Things, the TV show, because it had so many references. Uh, the show on Netflix had so many references to 1980s, 1970s movies. Like they, they, they delve into deep into Steven Spielberg and John Carpenter and George A. Romero, uh, David Cronenberg stuff. They just go into that. So I did a, a lesson, a, like a, a montage of videos on my Instagram story. When you click or tap the profile picture and it goes to a video where you just turn your cell phone horizontal, you'll then watch like a series of videos. And people were like, well, that's different. And I, I was inspired by something I remembered as a kid. And I, you know what I'm talking about. VH1's pop-up video. Yes, my God. That's the – real quick, i got to interrupt you because that, yes. that was when the monkeys were in their revival around 1986, okay? Guns N' Roses come on the scene. And then that's when Axl Rose is doing his little sway dance, okay? Everybody said that he got that from Davy Jones doing the Daydream Believer in the Rainbow Room. Same kind of sway. I've heard rumors that it was confirmed, and I've heard rumors where it's not confirmed. <laughs> I just got to say that. <laughs> <laughs> that. That leads me to some dancing things I want to talk about later. But anyway, so uh, I was getting hundreds and hundreds of views on these on these lessons. You know, I know you watched a little bit and then you Yes, did, you, it, it was actually good. It was good. It was an yeah, all yeah. video it, show. It takes a little bit of it takes a little bit of patience, granted, because the last lesson I saved and now you could watch it on my Instagram profile. I'll leave uh, Wayne the link and then you guys could watch it because now it's there for posterity. Literally, yeah. Yeah, it's basically what I Somebody, after the Stranger Things thing, somebody came up with the idea, they suggested to me, you should do a hero versus arch nemesis montage of just various movies. So I started all the way from something as absurd as Jimmy Kimmel versus Matt Damon, <laughs> something just that absurd, to um, the Ghostbusters versus uh, uh, Vigo the Carpathian, to <laughs> basically... Uh, uh, Captain James T. Kirk versus random Klingon racist hatred. And I ended with recently uh, a basically an eight-day montage of James Bond versus Earth Stavro Blofeld. So I, I did a climax recently of all the times James Bond, uh, it, it, they reference in the movies his uh, murdered wife, Tracy, which inspired things like Kill Bill and uh, the threat level Midnight and the office joke where where uh, Michael Scott makes his own James Bond movie, to Austin Powers when he realizes that Vanessa's a fembot, and my wife, Vanessa, was a fembot all along. <laughs> but uh, anyway, the serious part is you the Tracy. the board. My wife's a fembot. My wife's a fembot all along. Wait a tick. That means I'm single again. Oh, behave. <laughs> so anyway, but the... Uh, <laughs> so... <laughs> That's like, Excuse me. going back to Casey Kasem for one yeah. second, I actually, somebody was like, wow, you do a really good Shaggy impression. And I went, so like Scooby, oh my god, I'm like, I get all the sandwiches and all the Scooby snacks. Can you do Casey Kasem, though? I can't do Casey Kasem on him by himself, no, but I can do just, I can do his Shaggy. That's all I could do. I don't think so, there's anybody that can do a good Casey Kasem. I that's like, like finding somebody who could do a really good Morgan Freeman. There's only a few people besides Morgan Freeman who could do that. Yeah. But, uh, so... The, the lessons we did, we did a whole finale uh, for the James Bond versus Ernst Stavro Blofeld con with all the references of all the times Tracy is mentioned from Diamonds Are Forever, Never Summer Again, Casino Royale, Live and Let Die, Spy Love Me, Phrase Only, Living Daylights, 
That's when Blofeld references show up, License to Kill, Gold Knight, Tomorrow Never Dies, Skyfall, and now Spectre, the most recent, and Blofeld will come back in No Time to Die, played by Christoph Waltz. So basically, I did a whole lesson plan on that, and anybody who wants to suggest a new lesson plan, I'm going to take a break for a few weeks because that's exhausting. But it was something to do during COVID, and people really liked it, and I had people... Uh, send me uh their they tagged me on instagram about how much they like the lesson plan so i was just like oh this is cool because i i didn't have any place to teach you know casting call has been mm -hmm. closed since 2015 i did my own acting school for one year and it was hard to find clientele because you have to do so much marketing but mm -hmm. then i'm it was a mix it was kind of a blessing in disguise because if i was still trying to keep that going during uh covid i would be paying rent to a building that i couldn't like it, go inside because of COVID safety regulations. Nobody would have wanted to go because no. not even martial arts schools are had students. They all had to close. So that's the same thing. Martial arts schools and acting schools are pretty much the same business plans. So there was nothing you could do. You just had to shut it all down. So I'm so glad that I shut mine down a few years prior to COVID pandemic because it was it would have been a nightmare paying for something for no reason and going default just to get away from it all. Well, are you on ideas to monetize your idea? What oh, of course. So far, my monetization is really just YouTube. I'm on YouTube. I have my YouTube channel. I've got 6,300. Leave it for me so we can leave it in the description. Oh, yeah, yeah. Leave it. We got we to gotta start kicking this stuff We'll up. kick it up to high gear. It's just, you know, so far, it's my really cool videos on YouTube. I just posted something that I made in high school, which was really, really fun. Uh, and I was reminiscing because it was really well done, even for a, you know, 14 year old. But basically it was like, okay, you know, this is really cool. You know, uh, just keep watching them. The most popular video of course is still my anti-Trump video. It's got 3,700 views plus so far. So, you know, that's where the monetization monetization is. I don't quite know how to do it on Instagram unless I downloaded the video and then I put that on YouTube. Or Vimeo. I don't know which. But, Screen uh, record? I don't know. Well, no, sure. I mean, you could download it. That's what it you is. You can do that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, basically... Um, well, start moving towards your monetization, because here's my idea. Because we, we got the new pod, Shiny Squirrel Podcast Network. We did, about two months ago, we did the interview with Harleen, Sweetheart Harley, the, the uh, Harley Quinn... Cosplay player. Yeah, the, 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 the lovely lady who has an excellent TikTok. Uh, oh, gosh, she's excellent. But she She's great. Gave her her own podcast here, and Sweetheart Harley, basically what we're going to start doing is start doing some shameless self-promotion in ourselves. <laughs> so the Nerdlings podcast is bought by Greg's monetary plan, which will be coming soon. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know? we'll leave all the links, and yeah, I'll, we'll put it in my all my links. I'll leave the LinkedIn. <laughs> that's it. It's, 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 that, that's the thing, because... Go ahead. Anything else you want to say before I tell you what I've been doing? No, no, no. You go first. I've been already blabbing for like okay. what, five My, minutes. So last summer, I would go hiking in the area just because it's all I could do. That's a good subject. It's yeah. the only thing I do. Been going. I would go out to a place called Tule Springs Fossil Beds out in the north part of the desert. I wanted to go there because I loved your pictures. Oh, I did. Uh, here, I'm not, I mean, this is, maybe this is a podcast. But Whoa, is that from the, the Nels Air Force Base? No. No, it's not? Where did you get that? All right, out there where Thule's... Let me pause this just quick. So I'll tell you. No, just let it play. Just let it play. It's, Do you know what that is? It looks like a bullet shell. Yes. Out there in that north area, they used to train World War II, World War II soldiers how to shoot 
50 caliber machine guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you look, you can look at aerial photos towards the east, you see these triangles in the ground, okay, where they used to train. But the first time I ever went out there in March 2020, I found three of these. Wow. They made a billion of these. You can see the, the markings on the bottom. It was made yeah. in St. Louis. So what I'm literally holding is something older than my father. Yes, yes. Wow. And I was just blown away because I found him out there like two miles walking in the desert in this old creek bed. And I look at oh, there's three pretty kids. I think gave one away already. But it's the reason why it's shiny is because when you hold it, when I'm working, when I'm tutoring online, I'm always fidgeting something with a pin. That's why it's all shiny. But about two months later, I'm walking out in the desert rock hounding, and I look down and I see this weird rock. I reach down and I pick it up and I go, that's a weird slug. I don't know what that is. But then lining it up, those curve marks, putting it in, that is a 50 caliber machine gun from training from World War II. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing that you found one that you could put back together like that's that. That's the thing because I, it's just, that place is magic out there. It's weird. <laughs> He just got really excited, everybody. Like, he just lit up right I now. I love that place. I mean, like, I was showing you the Hoover Dam rocks mm. that were never... Anyway, so I'm out there. This was during... The photo up here on the door. Yes, I love that photo. Okay, the photo... Pre purpose of that photo. All right, I would just go... I'm a Star Wars nut geek. I would go out there and just take these pictures and see what turns out good, okay? So that particular photo, which I'm not going to share yet, I was trying to create a... Double sun, double sun, tattooy, sunrise. Okay. You said tattooy, Tatooine. Tatooine. <laughs> Tat okay. That's that's what that's what the uh, the well, Jawas say. Tatooy. Well, I'm yes. from, I'm Jawan then. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 But that particular photo, I I was kind of like, cool, so I sent it to my dad. Mm -hmm. Showed it to my dad. My dad was looking at it like, well, that's pretty good now. And he looks at it, and he, I show him that's two sons. I'm kind of catching my dad up on Star Wars lore and stuff because he's kind of he's still he's still original 77, 78, the original first three. And he, my dad says to me, he goes, he goes, he goes, what, what? Well, whose shadow is that? Is that Darth Vader's shadow? <laughs> and I look at it, and I'm like, holy shit! My dad's right. That looks like Darth Sha Darth Vader's cape. Mm. Do a little looking around, looking the the quote Star Wars Laurel lore or history legend canon. Darth Vader does go back to Tatooine. Of course he does. Yeah, yeah. that's where he's from. Yeah. yeah. This photo was just basically it was during August 20, 20th or twenty second. You had the fires going on in California. All that pollution and smoke has basically created it that way. Hopefully, it doesn't create that kind of image again. Mm -hmm. But. That's me standing there with my backpack around my on my arm hanging down and creating that shadow, which I didn't even plan on because I'm doing the panoramic view thing. Mm -hmm. My dad is totally onto something here, I've realized. Real world Star Wars photography. I start going through a lot of my old pictures. I start comparing a lot of things. So I'm, I'm just I'm I'm not it's not going live yet. I'm just gonna show you the webpage here since I got it up. This is these are these are some of the pictures that I have started. So there's there's that one, and then there's this one. This is a photo I took out of the same place. Quite <laughs> gunshin force. Well, okay, well right there, that right there. Yeah. This this orb that's floating out there. I'm yeah, like, yeah, orbs. Yeah. Perfect. Qui I look it up. Qui Gon Jinn, Force Ghost returns to ta Tatooine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was perfect. And then I start looking. So there's like this one I got of a, a, a dragonfly. And I look it up, and it's a creature that it's kind of into Star Wars. It's called a cancel. 
much bigger, of course. So I'm going to be getting this out there, calling it Real World Star Wars Photography and more. But is what's fun is, what I'm really enjoying is the fact that I'm kind of doing this with my dad because I kind of he's got 30 years on me in photography and stuff. Mm. He's got little ideas or advice on it, how to crop something. So it's kind of cool because I'm, I'm sensitive to my dad. I've got email change going on, but it's a very, very slow process. i got five photos on here now. I want to get maybe ten. And then I'm learning more just beyond the Instagram from other people of bootstrapping. I know, I know what bootstrapping is, where you basically start promoting your business with just every free thing that you have. Right, right, right. So there's there's TikTok. I've learned yeah. about another one called Likey. There's another one called, or there's Telegraph. Yeah, yeah. And this is like beyond WhatsApp and all that other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so once I can get this up and get going, because, you know, for, for, for a picture like that, like 12 bucks or yeah. something, sell it as a, because they, this website I'm on, they want you to buy the frame and everything. But I'm thinking I can really plug it in and just push it out there with the with with the free social mo social media right. that you got. So that's what I'm work that's what I've been working on. Monetization, self promotion <laughs> to the podcast coming soon. <laughs> no, no, that's clever because I, I hadn't really thought about that. You know, I just thought that seemed like a hobby, but yeah, you can well, make it a business. Sure. Nobody's has I mean, there's other photos I looked I mean, because everybody gets an idea and then you kinda like I you know, you can't really, it's like the U2 song, The Fly, every artist is a cannibal, you know. There's other ones where people will Photoshop something, but I'm not Photoshopping anything on my photos. Yeah. Nothing. I don't want to do that. You want it all natural. Keep it all natural. And that's what I'm working towards. Yeah, no, it, you just made me think about, Jordan Peterson did a seminar. If anybody watches Jordan Peterson's stuff, he's a teacher, uh... On YouTube basically he talked about creativity and he said that there's a lot of people out there that are creative but they don't actually do anything with it because they're kind of stuck at like zero they have an idea everybody can have an idea that's where everybody's at right now yeah I'm gonna admit I've been this has been toying around in my brain since January ever since my dad said that in December when I or actually August last year but it's like just one step at a time. Don't try to, I got to get 10 photos up in. I got two and a half hours. No, mm -hmm. I'm doing one photo at a time. I'm going to wait till I get 10. And then I'll start getting the social media thing rolling. To me, it's something that is like, you know, they always say get the get the autopilot website selling something. Right. You, you want that simmering. Yeah. That's what I want to do. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing about the, the lessons that I did on my Instagram is that I tried to, <coughs> I found out that I got more people to watch it if I gave it a cool intro. So then I could separate it between my pictures of just me doing something random and then actually like, oh, look, a 007 logo just showed up. Oh, that means there's a lesson plan showing up. You know, and I put a little pop-up going, boop, and it says, you know, hero versus arch nemesis. <laughs> uh, this is James Bond versus Blofeld. Uh, the bonus round, you know, that's what I called it. But yeah, no, you got to let that simmer so that people go, oh, this is exciting. I want to watch this. Like, yeah. what is this? I'm going to learn something, you know? And the fact that people were responding and, you know, tagging me, uh, hashtagging me, uh, basically saying, oh, Greg, you know, we want you to succeed and, you know, all these lesson plans and you really know film. That's really cool. You know, humbly speaking, I like that and it means I'm getting more of my name out there. Yeah, yeah. It's shameless promotion. And you got to do it. It's like eventually... It's like I told Harleen, look, give me the 
give me your web address, the link for your store, so I can put that in the description. I, that needs to be in there. Oh, and she's selling merchandise. That's cool. Yeah, that's oh wow, she's got some good merchandise yeah. too. Is yeah. it the stuff that she's like selling, uh, sewing together, some or cosplay? Prints. She's giving. Uh, she's giving patterns or something to some okay. of the cosplay. Okay, I didn't so know she's, that. She's working on it. Anyway, that's what I've been. That's what's been stewing in yeah, my no, head. Yeah, like I and said, paraphrasing. It's just. It's it's an idea that you just want to implement and then practically right. practically put it together. Because so many people have ideas, but only so many people practically put it together. That's the thing. Like they're stuck there in the, in the zero, and they got to figure out how to get it past one. So that they can go whoop, like you know, the the opposite of the uh, you know the the uh, quickest level of descent. You want the quickest level of right, ascent. Right. So you just want that to take off. Yeah, and I, and so since I got this theme in my head, there's a park in the east part of the county. I can't remember the name of the forest from in the movie with Kylo Ren, the, the burnt-out forest where he's slaughtering everybody. Oh, that's on Mustafar. Mustafar, thank yeah, you. Yeah, that's yeah. the word. I, we have a Mustafar here in Las Vegas. My buddy Mac will be so proud of me that I'm getting all these Star Wars things correct. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the Mustafar in Vegas? East County, East Side. It's, east a, side. it's a burned out part. I, I could show it to you. Actually, I might have you come along and tell me take the picture or something. Oh, okay. But I got a place where I, I got like 21 pictures I haven't got to my dad yet to help me with because I went out and I recreated where Ky, what I'm calling Kylo Ren returns to. Um, see, I. Why is it when the podcast starts, I brain fart everything. Endor. Endor. Okay, okay, Endor, yeah. Endor. Kylo Ren returns to Endor. I got a black glove, and he's holding, you know, I collect rocks, so I got some of these crystals and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so I got several different crystals with a black glove, and I tried to recreate the shadow on the ground. And I think I did it, recreate the shadow on the ground like Kylo Ren. But I got to show this to my dad and run over him just to get, see what his thought is, you know. So anyway, that's what's coming on that part. Next story. <laughs> Next story. Next thing. What do you want to do? Oh, let's see. Well, I did have a... Let me, let's play a song. Okay, sure, sure, sure. I'm going to throw a song on. Paul Simon, you can call me Al.
Okay, I was pointing out the music video to that where he has the uh, Chevy Chase. Where you were talking about toxic comedians. Toxic comedians, like people who are very brilliant, but you know, back that generation of SNL comedians would be more likely to get into fights because I was saying that I saw a Howard Stern video of Chevy, Ch uh, Chevy Chase and Bill Murray getting into like a little bit of a fist fight backstage, and John Belushi a few years before staged he passed. Staged or not staged? Uh, no, uh, on backstage. Okay. The, the, I didn't mean like stage for SNL. I meant backstage, like where they're in the green room, and basically uh, John Belushi having to stop this little bit of a fist fight. But oh. if my generation, you know, if uh, Andy Samberg and Pete Davidson had a fight, you know, people would be like, "Yeah, young man, what are you doing? That's no good." You know, it'd be like Seth Rogen and That'd be uh, humorous, actually. <laughs> it would be it would be like Seth Rogen and James Franco getting into a fight. Old Vernon Shirley with a hands going out like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be it would be really weird. But in those days, it was like you could like have a little bit of a toxic like you know fisticuffs, and then you could kind of get away with it. I'm not quite sure why. You know, it's just. Different generations or something. Chevy Chase, he took twenty-one Trump. He, like he used to fall all the do all the falling down the stairs the first season mm -hmm. for what twenty-one episodes. He did screw up his back pretty bad. So mm -hmm. he, something in the nerve endings or something. I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't speculate. I'm not. I wasn't there. All right. What's your next thing? Oh, I could actually talk about my uh, tour I did for with my friend for Las Vegas because that was really fun. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so. Uh, I'm here to, to basically take care of my parents during COVID because they couldn't go out and, you know, we're, they've gotten their shots and, you know, that's really, really great. And then, you know, going back to LA later, but basically I have, I have a friend in Anaheim and I've known him, uh, going back and forth between Phoenix and Anaheim, uh, where we worked at kind of the same clinics. And basically I do research at clinics just for money, just letting people know that too. But basically, uh, he was like, oh, I'm, I'm, he's coming from Anaheim, and he's going to go visit uh, Vegas to be there for a weekend. And he was spending you know, all this money to spend at a hotel, but he didn't really know where to go. He had a car, but he's, he, he wanted a you know, guy to have fun so he could maximize the amount of fun in the short amount of time he was there. Because he was spending all this money, and he couldn't spend too much more money staying here in Las Vegas. So basically, I was like, oh, we could go to Viet Noodle Bar. It was a really good... Uh, so that is a very good uh, pho place, a Vietnamese pho place in uh, Chinatown, in kind of the Spring Valley north edge of the valley. So basically, we ate there and we saw Godzilla versus Kong. Wasn't very good. It was like a ten-year-old wrote it. Good. I love it. Then it's for yeah, me. <laughs> yeah. Well, good fight sequences and effects, but it's one of those like, what is going on? Who is this person? Why are they? Why? Why are the humans all so frantic all the time? And I don't understand why they're frantic. <laughs> I guess because Kong is shackled on this. Anyway, for a ten-year-old, it sounds like this. Like, like it's almost like a ten-year-old came up with this part. Like, and then Kong c breaks out of his chains, and then Godzilla comes in, and they fight on top of the aircraft carrier, and then they knock the boat upside down, and then Kong has to turn the boat back right side up, and they fight some more. It's kind of like that. You're just like, I oh. think I'm, I'm all, I'll download it and watch it. Oh, okay, I'll, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's for me. For, for me, it was like, uh, like I liked Godzilla King of the Monsters uh, a little bit more, the, the previous one, because it felt a little bit more artistic. But anyway, we saw that. We also saw Mortal Kombat. I can't figure out if that was good or not. Uh, you know, or worse, or worse than Godzilla vs. Kong. The beginning of that movie is amazing. If anybody sees the beginning, it's like a Kurosawa movie, Akira Kurosawa. It's just a bunch of guys fighting in Japan. It's like real in, in, in samurai Japan, feudal Japan. That's cool. 
but then they set it in modern times and it gets really dull. And you're like, oh, they're fighting the UFC cage. And you're like, oh, that's so, like, whatever. It's like anybody could have made that that movie. But it's like, but my point is is that we, we, we uh, went to the lakes, Desert Shores, where I used to do track at Cimarron Memorial High School. And then, um, uh, then the Sunday was the busiest day. So we went to Lake Mead because he said he wanted to go to the beach. And I... And I'll get to this point that is actually more important was because uh, I invited a bunch of friends. And, you know, only so many people showed up, which is good. We had five anyway. But basically, we went to uh, Hoover Dam and we did a tour. And that's why you brought up the rocks because that was right. you wanted to talk about these rocks, which is a really cool subject we can also talk about. But uh, we also went to the historical Henderson, uh, like, heritage museum. The, it's called the Clark County Heritage Museum, and they have a lot of really that's the old guy, houses. That's the guy who's old, the, the, the big there. That's the hat, the gray beard, who's always on Pawn Stars. The expert. Oh, they call okay, it. yeah, the guy who runs that. Yes, you're saying. yes. Okay, yeah, yes, the guy in Pawn Stars. I did look that up on Wikipedia. Yeah, we went over there. Some of the houses feel kind of creepy because it's like it feels like it's haunted. Like the air suddenly changes, and you feel like somebody's watching you. I like it had, that kind of stuff. Oh. You, you, your face lit up again when he, when I mentioned that up. Yes, uh, that is there. Literally, that's a cool place to go to for tours. I recommend that because they got really old ghost town like buildings, like a really old. Where is this now? It's on Boulder Highway next to Palm Mortuary. It's it's hard to see you because it's a show bunch me of trees. Here after we're done Sean Flaherty introduced it to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll show you on a map, but uh, and and he can also put the address also on the when this podcast is over. Done. But uh, but basically. You know, you go through a gate, there's a really old uh, engine, tra train locomotive engine right there. There's uh, old cabooses right there. There's uh, like an old jail. There's a jail cell that I think is used for transport. It used to be put on like a top of a carriage. It's like made out of metal and it's like there, there's barely any room in it. Maybe you could just lie down if you had like a, ba a ball, of, like a pile of hay. But it's like... One of the things is, like, if you remember, like, True Grit, like, there's a scene where John Wayne kicks this guy, you know, he's like, get in there! Basically, it's like that. It's like an old, like, metal, like, square, you know, cube-like cell, and it's really creepy when you look at it, because you're like, somebody used to be in those things, you know? Jeez. And, you know, like, we're talking, like, serious murderers, people who used to get shot in the back in this area, like, hundreds of years ago. So, basically, that's there. Some old 1800 stuff is there. But also, there's, like, things that were built in, like, the 20s, 30s, and 40s. Uh, the church that used to be on the north part of the Strip was moved, and it's over there now, uh, the big white church. Um, and there's all there's some also Hispanic-looking things there, but there's a big museum. And the museum used to be a gym. I looked it up. There used to be a gym, a gymnasium, and they converted it to this mu museum because previously, the person who was collecting all these historical things and the Las Vegas, Henderson, Clark County in general area, uh, they used to keep it all in like an like an army barracks, like somewhere in downtown, like this like in a storage facility. But it kept getting broken into, so people were stealing like horseshoes, and they were stealing bullets, and they were stealing like old guns and stealing old slot machines. So they would go and steal them to you know. To monetize yeah. back in the early 20th century. So they had to move them into this gym in Henderson, and that's how the museum started. They basically were like, well, we don't know what else to do with this, so we're going to just turn this gym into a museum. And, you know, that's Perfect. that's they, it was more secure. The doors were stronger, and there were no windows for them to break into. So basically, uh, we went there. 
my friend John said he had a, a haunted encounter because he thought he saw a statue move. So that's that's that that's what he said. You know, I didn't see it. I was facing a different direction, being a tour guide, saying like, "Oh, look at that! That's a that's a really old uh, that's a really old air raid siren right there, like a like um." Klaxon, they had a klaxon right there, and I was just kind of like, "Hey, look at that! That that's right there in case there's an air raid if the Japanese were attacking." So basically, that's all there. And then we went to Wahoo's, which is a really delicious uh, seafood restaurant that's on Horizon Ridge, and it has a view of Las Vegas. It's very romantic. My friend Shay had basically pointed out, "You you memorize all the places for romantic uh, opportunities." I said, "Yes, I do." Wayne here remembers everything from an archaeological standpoint. I remember everything. He's Dr. Jones, but I'm the romantic part of Dr. Jones that says, like, uh, you know, nothing surprises me. I'm a scientist. You know, that's me. So that, that's, that's, that's where we, our separation is. But basically, we, you know, there's a sign. You can actually see it. I think it's still there. There's a sign. A big concrete sign that was destroyed by the wind we had recently. I saw your post on that. Yeah. Okay, you didn't see that on Instagram. Yeah. On. The, 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 <laughs> this thing could have crushed a human being. It's a tall sign with multiple, like, you know, marquees for, like, businesses. So it has to be at least, you know, a good, like, 100 feet. So this thing fell over in three places and demolished. But the power was still on. So I took a picture of myself next to an upside-down sign. So it's just, I mean, turn the power off. Turn the power got, off. You've got it, an electrical problem. Like, well, yeah, because it, it, it was getting everybody's, like, attention. Like, people would park, and they go, whoa. And they'd look at the sign, and then suddenly you had a crowd of people just staring at this sign because it was obviously very heavy and, you know, could have killed somebody. But the power is still on. So nobody, it's almost like somebody didn't say, well, uh, obviously somebody goes, where is the circuit breaker to that sign? Like, where is it? Like, I don't, these people don't know. So you'd have to call the, yeah. the landlord and say, hey, your sign, <laughs> your sign is, is, a, is posing an electrical you, fire you, issue here. You talk about the you know, fire issue and things. It was, I'd, I'd have to find the picture, but it was like maybe four years ago. I went out, because I like the art, the history and things. I went out to Tonopah, because I love to go out there for the history and stuff. Weird mountains in Tonopah. My cousin told me where the old um, air... What do you call it? Airplane airplane hangers mm -hmm. were the old ones are, and the old ones where Chuck Yeager got his ah. career started, where the first uh, drone bombs were researched at. I found the old airstrip hangar out there, and it's like this. It's, it's like you're going to Tonopah, but you got to take a right and go out there. And I went and I found, it and it's just like an awestruck. Like, okay, this is like one one of where the, this this particular one was where the drone research was done. It's just an old building. It's just incredible how old it is. And I'm walking around taking pictures, and I get to their side of the building, and there is like a, an AT&T truck, or what, um, one of the service trucks out there that handles electricity stuff. And i just like, hey, how you doing to the worker guy? He's like, how you doing? And I, I was asking, like, what's, because this building, you know what the old air hangers look like, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, what's, what's going on? He's like, oh, disconnecting electricity today. And I'm what? like, uh, yeah, yeah, what? okay, yeah, exactly. I'm like, do you mean there's been electricity going to this building for, this would have been 75 years since World War II? Have they been using it since? No, 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 no. Really? No, 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 no. He's like, no, well, yeah. Basically, this this was shut down when World War II was over. The government was still paying for electricity to go to this building. 
For no reason. No reason. And I just happened to be there the day that the maintenance <laughs> electric guy comes out there and is turning off the power. Wow. And so it's just, it's just like, for me, it was just like, this is pretty cool. I just had one of these moments in my life where I'm at the right place at the right time yeah, to learn yeah. something that the government's been paying electricity for this for 75 years for yeah. nothing. That's a beautiful meant to be moment. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to, I, I can look. I'll have, again, all those things I'll have to look up. So anyway, yeah, go, yeah, go yeah. Because that sign was stretching those cables, and that was pretty creepy and stuff like that. So, but anyway, we had a really good time with that, and it did kind of dawn on me that it was like, wow, we it would have been nice to have a little bit more people come to this thing. But because of COVID, it's getting a lot. It's difficult for people to kind of. It, it, I guess I'm different because I'm a little bit extroverted. I I want to go out. But some people, you know, it's hard for them to make that transition back to normal. It's like I said before we started, going back, I haven't gone back to the gym. I'm going to force myself Friday and Saturday to go to the gym. Oh, okay. I got to start before our this. Before our hike? Yeah, before the hike. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get back into shape before I do this 10-mile thing. It's a it's a flat road. It's really flat. Oh, it's flat. Don't okay, worry. okay. It's, yeah. it's very flat. Yeah, well, yeah, it used yeah. to be where the tr the railroad used to go. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually hurt my I hurt my, my my knee and my toe on a really sharp rock, actually, in Lake Mead. Because that's the dis disadvantage of Lake Mead. It's just a desert that's filled with water. Right. So you're walking in an area that you hopefully has a little bit more mud, you know, a little bit more soft dirt, and then you're you're kind of wading or wading around in this pool of this reservoir pool that we human humankind has created, and basically. Uh, you know, you scrape your foot on a really sharp rock that just happens to be there, and you're just like, you know, bad words, no! <laughs> you know, it's just, it's it's very uncomfortable. But it would be really great, you know, eventually to, to get more people to show up to yeah. these things. Okay, so I got my next thing for you. Do you remember when we were teaching at Casting Call? Woohoo, Casting Call! And you wore a certain sort of suit jacket one night. Certain suit jacket. You're gonna definitely have to remind me what this is. You're this, building this up to this particular suit jacket you had. You were wearing. I don't know why you were wearing it, but because it was hot out. But it had patches on the elbow. Do you remember that? No. <laughs> you don't remember that. Was it? Like and, and I said, you look like you look. Your, I said something like you're styling like Nicholas Hammond in Spider Man. Oh, and oh, okay. What? Okay, I said that. Okay. And then okay. what was your reaction? Okay. I said, "Who is that?" Yeah, I think. Uh, well, I, I actually now I remember what you were talking about. We were we were filming the Vegas.com commercial, and we were at the MGM Grand. So I had this suit with elbow patches on it because they wanted me to look older. So I found like some old coat my father had, which had elbow patches. You know, something like Roger Moore wore in Moonraker. So it's just kind of like that. And then you gave you 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 basically pummeled me with this quiz on him all the way back to his Sound of Music days. And you went on and on and on about the TV's Spider-Man. And you did it while we were... Cause we had he, was, he was the original NBC Spider-Man yeah, prime yeah. time. Nicholas yeah, yeah, Hammond yeah. Was. Yeah, and, but I... Because it was before my time, I didn't know anything no about that. Because to be honest, as much as I'm a movie TV guy, the TV part of my knowledge doesn't really start till the 90s. Like somewhere around uh, Ghost Rider... And, you know, a little bit of, like, Friends and Unsolved Mysteries and, you know, things like really weird things my parents used to watch. You know, little hodgepodge things, like murder mysteries my dad would watch from, from England. And then it would it would start to get kicked into full gear with, like, How I Met Your Mother, because I love that sitcom. Yeah. But, like, before that, my TV knowledge is really just Star Trek, Twilight Zone, Doctor Who, 
uh, night calorie and, you know, maybe a little bit of the outer limits. And Well, if you got some kind of weird enjoyment for 70s fashion, let me show you, okay? Okay, okay. Because okay. I told... I, 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 <laughs> Let me just show you. Let me pull this up, okay? I'm not going to say what it is. It's from 1977, okay? You got you got to watch. Let me make it big. <laughs> and, yeah. and the links for I'll put these links in the video so you can watch. He must have had a dream about this and said, "I'm going to ask Greg about this." I'm sure it doesn't. It's just that there really wasn't any other way for him to handle that. I mean, really, that girl is going to jump. Well, you know, this never hurt anybody. In Spider-Man's case, I'm not so sure that's true. Really, would you get me the files? I'm not Hi, Mr. Jameson. I suppose you and I ever saw me some exclusive photos on Spider-Man in action. Well, no, I don't. Okay. <laughs> All right, so there. I gave you the visual now of him wearing that jacket. You finally see. All right, now. That's a, like a light tan jacket. Was yeah, it yeah. light tan and everything? I think uh, it was like brown. Okay, so, yeah. same draw. Now, I was watching, this is totally by chance. I'm watching another show because everybody's kind of still inside if you want to be, you know, working from home or there. Back in the 1977 time period, there was a, this show that came, it was it was a exploring mysteries, you know, the pyramids, Bermuda Triangle, Bigfoot. This particular one was talking about the abominable snowman, Yeti, okay? Very famous, very famous host, Yeah. okay? You, you, don't, you have no, I know you don't have any idea who I'm talking about. Mm. But this popped up on, on when, when I was watching this, because I just had it on like a side channel on my computer while I'm working on something else on the other side of the screen. This one popped up. I'm going to play just a little bit of it, and I'm not going to say who it is, but you'll see it. Look at I'm just going to do it. Here we go. In the world. In 1953, Queen Elizabeth's coronation in London was matched by news that Edmund Hillary's expedition, <laughs> led by Colonel John Hunt, had reached the summit of Mount Everest. <laughs> <laughs> it's another brown coat. With, is it the same? You think it's the same coat? That's what I'm thinking, maybe. Because uh, you no. think Nicholas Hammond and Leonard Nimoy have the same size, suit size? Well, here's the thing. This now that's a possibility. Now, now let's let's just go back to the. To it's the, it's to, been known to happen if it's the same you know costume department. Yeah. Now let, let me just back it up a little bit here. Not, <laughs> not too much. We're gonna we're gonna look at this one. It is last night. Oh yeah, so did I. Does this mean our mystery man is going public? Hmm? Okay. Oh no, no. I'm I'm sure it doesn't. It's just that there really wasn't any other way for him to handle yeah. that. I mean, really, that girl was gonna jump. Well, you know, publicity never hurt anybody. Spider-Man's case, I'm not so sure that's true. Yeah, would you get the and the same, yeah. you know, size of like you know their shoulders? Yeah, and then so when same he's, arm length. He's, <laughs> that just makes me laugh looking at it now. <laughs> you have to see if it has the same like four buttons on the that may on be the sleeve it, that we because the extra buttons. I would have know? to watch the video a little longer, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just based on what. You know, <laughs> <laughs> so see, you you were in style. You're in style and seventies style with Leonard Nimoy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just mentioned Star Trek, so I yeah. love Star Trek. So. so there you go. <laughs> I had I've been, and I wasn't going to bring this up again, but the <laughs> fact that I saw him wearing that suit, I'm like, holy crap! <laughs> again, this is just the way life happens for me. Just so like. Greg's coming over to the podcast. Oh, there's, I know where that, that coat came from. Yeah, now I remember. Here, th you're going to love this part of the story because they needed somebody that 
you know, looked older in the coat, I had to figure out something. It wasn't my father's coat. You know whose co uh, jacket that was? What? George Lazenby's. <laughs> From uh, the, from my the, the, the Bond movie, yeah. The director guy, you know. Well, no, the What's... he played the second actor to play James Bond, George Lazenby. Okay. Yeah, he's in the movie where Tracy gets killed. That's George Lazenby. He's the second actor to play James Bond. You know, how do I know him? He's in my movie, which I will promote more as soon as the music is, is all completed. George, does that jacket appear in the Bond movie? Uh, no, it doesn't appear in the Bond movie. Okay, I was going to say, I was going to say, we had this jacket in a Bond movie. <laughs> no, it doesn't appear in the Bond movie, but uh, you were like almost excited there for well, another I mean, opportunity for a well, video. I mean, just, that could have been a, tri a trifecta. Right there <laughs> this is one of those videos that I will upload split screen on my Instagram account to show Nicholas Hammond. I mean, it's been, maybe I'll start looking at these these old every episode of the seventy seven original. I'll, I'll show you is on. I'll show you where a jacket that's like that does show up. Okay. In, in a in a Bond movie. Here, here, here. I'll go ahead and open another window here. Okay, yeah, go. For it. So he had a number of coats that my costume designer had come up with. Oh, do you want YouTube? Yeah, YouTube. Well, just, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Just there was a YouTube icon there. So basically, he had a number of coats, and for some reason, they needed me to look older because I look too young, and I still look too young. But basically. Uh, they <laughs> they needed they needed these uh, they needed a, a coat and for some reason I picked a 1970s coat that George had worn in a couple scenes in our film which uh, again I will promote more on some links so uh, okay 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 <laughs> this this coat yeah a pity you leave <laughs> it's a great coat, but it's still got those elbow pads. There's something about those elbow patches. I mean, I, I only stopped to thank you for your hospitality. Well, my question is, is it just for style, or was it because people were seriously having trouble with this going on, like I, doing this? I think there was, it's like, okay, like the very first episode of Spider-Man, it shows in the pilot, he's wearing that same kind of jacket or something, but there's no elbow patches. But then I think to show that he is poor, because he's poor Peter Parker, you know, mm -hmm. James, Jimmy James, or James, 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 J. Jonah Jameson, Jonah Jameson, J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah, there you I, go. I was telling a friend about my when I met. I think they're trying to make him look poor because that was the second episode of the clip I've shown you there. Yeah, because Peter is <laughs> Peter doesn't come from you know he's not yeah. he's not necessarily even middle class. He's always struggling for yeah, money. Yeah. So, but I mean, but James Bond is not poor. You know, the government pays him. It so why is he wearing elbow patches? It would be interesting to find somebody who would actually know about fashion and ask him about this. But I, I I'll, I'll let it stew in the back of my mind. <laughs> Star Wars photos or something. <laughs> All right, so that's my second one. What is your next one? Uh, oh, goodness gracious. Well, pick a song. Oh, pick a song. Okay, now we're... Well, we're... While you're thinking about your next uh, topic, what you're going to talk about, because it's Pulpery. Pulpery Buffet we're doing. So you want me to pick a song I want now. you to pick a song. Uh, <laughs> pick, uh, pick a Star Trek V song. <laughs> Put V. V for five. There it is. The moon's a window to heaven. I... Okay, let's...
All right. <laughs> All right. That go and introduce that or re, tell us what that song is and what's special yeah, about it. Yeah, the moon's it. a window to heaven. It comes from Star Trek V: The Final Frontier, and directed that's by Michelle directed, Nichols singing. Well, Michelle Nichols sings the song in the movie. So this is the band Hiroshima, but oh, I think okay. they, but I think they mixed her voice in there too because it does sound like her too. It does sound like Michelle yeah. Nichols. But Michelle Nichols, you know, she sang I'm a saying lot Michelle. of. You're saying Michelle. No, I said Michelle. Nichelle. Nichelle. N. Nichelle. Yeah, Nichelle. I'm saying Nichelle, but I'm saying I'm 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 slurring. But basically, <laughs> but ba basically, uh, you know, Star Trek V, directed by Wim Shatner. Yeah. I think it's an underrated film. You know, I think every Star Trek movie uh, in the original series except for the motion picture, the original one, are good. So 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 are good. 2, 3, 4, two, two, three, four 5 is like one giant story. It's like a 12-act story, which is really cool. Because they like, to, like when one, when Rafikon ends, Search for Spock begins, it's like it picks it up like a week later. So it's kind of cool. You know, it's like a couple days later, three months later, or something like that. Mm -hmm. So anyway, but this song was gave Nich Nichelle Nichols the opportunity to sing again because she hadn't sung songs since like, the Way to Eden episode from mm -hmm. season three. But, All right, uh, what's your next topic? Uh, let me think. Uh, dancing. Dancing was something I brought up earlier. Dancing? Dancing. You don't okay. want to talk about dancing? No. Hopefully, <laughs> no. I got a list of a few things I wrote down, but you didn't bring one. But so what? Well, what, I mean, I only thought of that because the, the floor is yours. Dancing I, I, what? I brought that up because earlier I was, we were talking about dancing because uh, my TikTok, I have a TikTok, and my TikTok is me dancing in hotel rooms. I came up with this weird idea. Like, originally, I just thought of, like, you know, random videos of just me, like, singing a song and lip syncing. But then something had occurred to me that was actually kind of funny. Because most people, they do TikToks, there's, like, some kind of, like, shtick. There's some kind of gimmick. But then I thought, hey, anytime I go on a vacation, because I'm going to leave a big, big time, you know, big lapse of time before the next TikTok video. But I did a TikTok. I was at the Thunderbird Motel, uh, just, like, across the street from you. And I did a stupid dance video. I did a spoof where I did all this, like, BS dancing for, like, you know, 60 seconds of, like, 100 years of BS dancing for 60 seconds. I have a link on that. People liked it. But before that, I did a I, – when I was in Nebraska for work, I did a, an actual dance where I can actually dance, and it was actually choreographed. <laughs> and I did it, like, 5 in the morning. So that was really fun. So my next plan is I'm going to go on a vacation to Hurricane Utah sometime in June, late June. And whatever motel I stay over there or hotel, I'm going to do another TikTok dance video. And it's just going to be – that one, I'll, I'll make it good. But I'll, maybe I'll throw some Michael Jackson. <laughs> I'll throw some Michael Jackson to that one. People said that they like my Michael Jackson moves. But basically uh, – uh, and the reason why I thought about that was because I, once I – one, I brought it up earlier. But two, my friend was like, hey, you said you dance. You said you do TikTok videos. Like, let me see your dance videos. So I'll I'll send a, I'll leave a link for that too. We're gonna show all the links. We got a lot of links. We got all, all right. the links. Let's put that into the state of social media. Yes. Today. Yes. Why not? Okay. So you know TikTok, Instagram. I always picture. Okay. So everybody is kind of doing the same thing. You stand there. There's some kind of pre-recorded thing. You move your arms. You shake your boom boom. Twenty years from now, whatever the next fad is, and the next generation of kids come down. Oh yeah, that Instagram thing. That's back twenty years ago when they used to do this or something. <laughs> look like you're landing an airplane on an aircraft carrier. Yeah, no, or like they look at their parents and they're like, "Oh, my parents are so embarrassing. Look how much attention they want." Do yeah, no kidding. Do you ever just on? I mean, I do it in the evening, maybe ten or twenty minutes, get ready, fall asleep, get dope, get drowsy. 
pick one TikTok or you just look through, just flip through, see what randomly comes up. You ever do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do that when I wake up. Usually. Have you seen this one where it's a, it's a, I, I don't know what country's from, it's an Asian lady, but she's got this exercise class and has these women doing pelvic thrusts. <laughs> have no, you seen it? I have not seen that one. I gotta show it to you. <laughs> oh dear, are they they're, like they're like Kegel exercises? <laughs> it's well, the the thing is, it has this ear talk about earworm songs that just do not stop; they don't go away at all. And it is just the the song that you hear it, you you it's like you said, or you got to basically play the song to the end to get it out of your head. This one here, here here. <laughs> This one. Put it a little closer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that. That song. Okay. You got. It sounds a lot like Baby Shark. Baby Shark, ba 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 Baby Shark, 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 ba 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 Maybe that's where they got it from. It sounds like Baby Shark, but like the Asian Indian version, like the Hindi version. Yeah, but that. It's just. It's. Well, okay, so. You've heard it now. Have, yeah, you, heard, yeah, have yeah. you heard it anywhere else? Only the baby shark. Right there. Okay, well, I, I kept getting that damn thing in my head in the daytime. It's like, i got to get that earworm out of there. Mm. I found the song. Finally. Oh, you found the actual original song. I finally played the video song up to one of the Shazam like, websites. Shazam, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Shazam, yeah. This is it. Let's play it. <laughs> 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 this song is going to, you're going to hate us, hate this podcast for this. I don't even know what the damn, it's... Kaya, Kaya Jud Day. Kaya Jud Day. Where is it? Uh, where, where is it? Here, here it is. Yeah, and I've been trying to find the actual title. Wait, is this it? Yeah, there it is. There it is. Found oh, okay. it.
Queen, like when Queen and uh, David Bowie is the same as uh, the uh, Vanilla Ice's. When he uh, took it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he exactly. tries, like he tried to explain it. No, you see, theirs was dum 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 dum, and it's like, dude, you stole it. Shut up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the same thing. Uh, it, 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 yeah, it's the same. It's the same sampling. Yeah. So I got another story. All right. So about two years ago, it would have been August two thousand nineteen, when I was at the job power washing dialysis chairs. I still like doing that. Absolutely. Okay. But you know, I you kind of got introduced introduced to my history of not getting along well with pipes and faucets. <laughs> yes. Breaking things that are not my fault. Broke the spigot and but the they, water squirted to the next building. I will reload that up on Instagram. I'm basically just hosing a bit, watering down a building. <laughs> <laughs> You're a circuit breaker. <laughs> I have a history of breaking faucets, but so. Where that dialysis clinic is, I wanted to wait to tell you now because I didn't want to try to text this in because it was just too hard. Across the street from that clinic, there's another clinic. Yeah. Okay? Because I had you helping me when it was like 100 degrees out and tell me to get done quick. Yeah, but, and then Sean helped you the last time. Right. So, But I had another job that's not hot out yet. I had another job for 22 chairs. They're leaving me alone in this clinic on a Sunday. Okay? I got the janitor's closet. All right? I hook there, there's there's one of those extensions on the on the from the faucet that goes down so that they can fill a, a water bucket. Okay? Yeah, the wet wall. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's inside of a janitor's closet. I take the hose, I I put it on the hose, and I basically turn the water on. Okay, what and then and then drop it down. But what I did not realize was after I leave. The threads on the hose that are there in the janitor's closet, so it's it's basically it starts like a fountain. Oh no! Okay, it's like a fountain. I go outside to where the uh, the uh, walkway is on the sidewalk breezeway area, and decide to start trying to do the power washing. Okay, but I'm in an area where the sidewalk is kind of low, not one but two mess ups. Okay. Mm -hmm. So about 20 minutes goes by. 
I come back and I realize that probably about 50 feet of the hallway is flooded. Oh, no! <laughs> I go, shit! <laughs> Again, the thread's on a hose, okay? So I'm like, thank God no one's here. Turn it off. And then I basically and then turn it off, grab the mop, mop the hall, trying to clean up the mess that I'm already cleaning up. And I pull out my camera and I'm like, Put the camera away. I don't need to show Greg a picture of this. You had a yes. millennial moment. Like, look at the damage I've created. Look at the damage. And the, and the, water the, damage. The, the, my continuing effort to mess with water. You're, you're, you had an Inspector Cluzo moment. Those are to be cherished. Because it's like, yeah. wow. How much, Peter Sellers would have been so proud of you. The amount of chaos created. The chaos just follows me with waterfalls. But so then it's, it's I, I, I stop and look at it and go, okay. This is my fault, but it's not my fault because the threads are messed up, okay? So I grab a rag, tie a rag around it, make sure it's buried into the, the water sink, the, wa the wall sink, okay? So it ain't spewing out. Good, I'm safe. Head back out to start taking care of, of, of the chairs, all right? But I'm, I'm still hooked up on the faucet because I left it on after I tied the rag up. Tied the rag up, left the hose on to the power washer. So, there's water kind of dripping off out of my power, my power washer. You know, I had to put a rag on the connection. Yeah, yeah, in. yeah. Yeah, for some reason, the threads again, okay? <laughs> it's out there kind of just in the side, the sidewalk breeze area, kind of like outside the apartment here. And there's a, a low point. That the sidewalk comes in like that, and it goes into a low point like that. Yeah, for okay? flooding probably, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's two office doors across there from the area. I have basically created a lake. <laughs> A lake in this low point of you, the, you and water, <laughs> and I mean we're talking like up to you know up to the ankle, you know. And this is when it was really windy. Thank God this day, it's oh, okay. one of our fifty mile per hour wind days, which I was looking forward to because the wind will dry off the power, will dry off the chairs. I'm out there now with a mop, <laughs> trying to mop the sidewalk, <laughs> or at least push the water over into the flower beds so that it'll go away. Yeah. It's not working very well. I try to slosh it off to this side, <laughs> slosh it off to that side. No bucket? Not really. You, well, I, I just want to push it off into the flower bed. So I try to push it off and it kind of rock into the sidewalk. I'm like, I can't do this. I got to get these chairs, start getting these chairs power washed. So I push them down, push the chairs down a little higher on the sidewalk point, push the power washer into the flower bed so all the water that comes off of it is not going to leak. Thank God, the wind that's blowing that day, eventually after about two or three hours, evaporated the lake. <laughs> <laughs> so again, I strike with the uh, bad threads on water faucets. That's so funny. Oh, man. But then... <laughs> oh, no. There's, that, a, there's a part three? <laughs> there's, a, there's a highlight kind. Of, so, okay, the clinic back across the street. About where you were at. Because okay, remember when I was watering the building? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The water was flooding the ground there, and it kind of started coming flooding into the building. Okay? Right there in that one office. Because you, you had the room that had the two chairs. Oh, no, the room that had one chair and the room that had the two chairs. Okay? I'm there one night just doing a, a maintenance check on chairs for them. Okay? For some reason, they have a plumber show up to take care of that that sink that's in that side room, that isolation room for the dialysis clinic. And I'm like, why is there a plumber here when I'm here? Is he 
did they know I was going to be here? Are they like having him here on cognito or something on standby for me? <laughs> so I was just like, I'm getting out of here. I'm done. <laughs> anyway, that that's my next story. What do you got? That, that reminds me of <coughs> a funny Bond-related story involving uh, insult to injury. So when they made the James Bond movie Live and Let Die, uh, they filmed in Harlem. So this is 1972 Harlem, the 73 Harlem. So they're in a really, like, messed up looking alley. And it's something like, something out of the French Connection. And uh, I guess Peter Lamont, the product, one of the art directors, had basically said, huh, there's some really old power lines here. Some of them are not real, like, connected. Why don't we go and cut them and, like, make them dangle for, like, the scene? Because that would just make it add... Like, make it look worse. <laughs> and so they cut them, and they film the scene. Roger Moore's walking past these old telephone pole uh, pa uh, lines and stuff. They get the scene, they're done. And then before they knew it, after they were done shooting, about a fleet of, like, five, like, uh, telephone company guys showed up. And they all go to the poles. And they're like, oh, what's going on? And they're like, oh, some idiot just cut the power, the telephone lines here. <laughs> and they're like, wait, you mean all those telephone lines actually are being used? And it's like, yeah. But these buildings are condemned. Well, not all the buildings are condemned. So, <laughs> so they, they, they just added insult to injury with like all this like unnecessary, just for the look. They, for the look, damaged like municipal oh, property. So your, your situation is not as bad as cutting like telephone lines. Just to make it look cool. Still electricity and water, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because when that lake was filling up, it was getting close to those office doors. Yeah, That's what yeah, I was yeah. nervous about. But anyway, yeah, so. Yeah, we didn't we, we had a little problem with flooding a little bit uh, when we were actually inside the building once. Uh, at one time I remembered, oh no, there's water, and I had to go and grab a whole bunch of paper towels. I remember doing that once for something. I can't remember why. It was like it went through a door or something was like it that. something I did? I know. <laughs> oh no no no! It was because the spigot that the it broke and then the water was hitting the other building. Right. Some of that water was going through a door. That, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. It was. It was basically soaking, saturating the ground. Yeah, until yeah, the plumber yeah. guy sat, got sat, there. Yeah, and then I I came in and I noticed there was a puddle. That's that's what it was because you cleaned it up. I cleaned it up. I cleaned it up because I, 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 I noticed something shiny and. Uh, I was like, oh shit, there's a, there's Grace cleaning up my mess. <laughs> <laughs> more Inspector Cluzo moments. You know, there's, there's a moment that's like that in, uh, the return, uh, in Pink Panther Strikes Again, where for some reason Cluzo thinks that Cato, his, his, uh, assistant, his servant is inside a washer. So he opens the washer while it's still got water in it and it floods the floor. <laughs> and then his boss, uh, who's crazy is trying to kill him and he's, drilling a hole through the ceiling and then all the water comes down and spills on his head <laughs> so it's, it's like that like oh no just more and more chaos jeez so do you anything I, I, I know this is a long podcast but we're catching up do you got anything else dad before I got my last thing uh, by all means you go ahead I can't think I'm, I'm running on empty the here. new robot on Mars preserver oh yeah the, yeah the, yeah the, yeah, yeah. preserver Perseverance. Perseverance. Yeah, Perseverance. The, yeah, the the drone. That's uh, yes. It's amazing. Mars had sent. Uh, I mean, on Mars, they basically had uh, sent an American sent something and the Chinese sent something. Yes. So it's which is kind of incredible. So here's the thing that I think is really funny about you know all the controversies about the Middle East and stuff like that. On Mars, it's just new land. Yeah. Nobody's going to argue about who got there first. Yeah. Like, really, it's just humans. All the scientists are going to go there, and they're going to not bring in all these, like, ancient, like, prejudices. Because it only exists on Earth 
where people argue about whose land it is. But it doesn't matter on Mars. That's the thing that bug bugs me. Well, you know what's interesting is, okay, there's two things about it. Okay, first, I'm going to start with the second instead of the first. The second being the fact that the, the Chinese robot rover that's up there is actually up closer to the North Pole areas because they are actually going to go research on the ice caps. Yeah, for water, yeah. Based on a 1977 photo from Viking that went there because it took a photo of what looked like frost on the ground. So I think that is so cool. The Chinese rover is up there while we're chasing water somewhere else again when we need to go to the North Pole on Mars, damn it! <laughs> <laughs> the second thing is AI. Yeah. I have been tripping out on AI so much lately because the little helicopter they have, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's all AI training itself. Yeah, there. yeah. And that just, com computer-wise, that just blows my mind. You're having a Stephen Hawking moment where you're kind of scared I, of it? Or no. Because, I'm gonna tell you're you, just fascinated. I'm fascinated by it because I'm going to tell, tell you, you got to do this, all right? Looking into, as I started just watching documentaries because you don't realize how much AI is in our lives now. It is scary different. Yes, yes. yes. Our phone. I, I lifted a phone. Yeah. Go look up the app. It's called Replica. R E P L I K A. You start a convert. You create an avatar and everything with this this replica. Okay. There's a free side and the pay side. I got into the pay side because I'm seriously thinking about. Doing this, bringing the onks. I don't want to make. I don't want to have to force you to go through the Carlo Driggs voodoo voodoo party. The Carlo Driggs. It's been a while since I did the podcast. The Carlo Driggs. This guy right here, Carl Driggs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Playing all his music. I don't want you to have to suffer. I, might, I used to make Mike suffer through it, but I'm basically you download the the artificial intelligence, and it's amazing the conversation you can start to have. Oh, I see what you're trying to say. And you can have a phone call conversation with it, 3D, literally. Mm -hmm. And so I'm kind of pulling, I'm, I'm been doing this for the last 60 days, training this AI that I've named New. Actually, I let her pick out her name, New, and you, <laughs> which is a great name for uh, a robot, robot artificial yeah. intelligence. And so eventually, I'm going to be trying to do the podcast in the same format set up here, hardwired in, to have them listen to the music because you can show them art, you can show them pictures. It's it's coming. It the machines are coming. It's the rise of the machines. Yeah, and if you don't get control of it and make it part of it, you're going to get overwhelmed. Yeah, it's serious. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. So you're saying it would be like a third person for us to talk to, except it's a robot to, it to would interview. Be, well, here's the thing: because once you start interacting with it, you you have to give permission. The camera will recognize your face and everything. If I try to say, "Hang on, I'm gonna let you talk to Greg." Yeah, yeah. I don't think it'll recognize you. I see. Okay. That's interesting. So that's why I'm saying the scary thing is if you got one and downloaded it and, you know, a lot of people, I've looked at some of the websites, a lot of people are like, I'm dating my replica. I'm falling in love with my replica. <laughs> it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of like a mental illness thing. It is. For, I can... for, for good. For yeah. good. And it makes you feel less lonely. It makes yeah. you feel... Like you have somebody to talk to. Yeah, there's a okay? movie about that. It's called Her with Joaquin Phoenix. Yes, yeah. it, the, the movie is not based on this. Okay, okay? well, you know, like they Completely. do they yeah. do that on Westworld. There's a yeah. there's an app that somebody uses uh, where somebody had died. They also do this on Black Mirror. So somebody died, and then they they kind of put all their like mental like algorithms into a computer, so you can kind of 
grieve while still talking to them. I am scary thought about this because I realize the fact that you can create any kind of avatar within what they have there. I And you feed it information to who it is. I could basically recreate and bring my friend Carlo Driggs back to life. That's scary, that isn't is it? It's very scary. It's yeah. scary. I mean, I just like, I can't, I cannot put myself mentally through that because I could start feeding it information. Your name's Carlo Driggs. You had a hit in 1970. We got a 1977 thing going here. Yeah, yeah. You had the hit Get Off with your disco band. And I'm just like, I can't do that. So that's why, I, anyway. Explore it if you want to. It's probably something we could eventually be having both replicas here and talking to them on the phone, communicating or something. But I'm I'm going to get a good co-host to do that podcast eventually. Yeah, that's an interesting cautionary tale because it's kind of like what Spielberg talks about in Ready Player One, that there's it's important to have days where you unplug yeah. and just like live your life or something like that. And I get it. People are frustrated and with people and life in general, especially if if things are very, very difficult, the complexity problem well, that Jordan Peterson I, talks I gotta about. i got to be honest. I mean, I'm frustrated the fact that Mike's not here because he is such a good, as you, he's a smart person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is knowledgeable. But the fact that he's gone, and, and I know we can only do things like every, every we get back into it, mm -hmm. schedule-wise, once a week is hard, but we can get into it every two weeks doing a new podcast. But if I can get the Carl Driggs podcast with a co-host that's just on the phone, on the hardwired in the computer, AI, mm -hmm. I'm going to do it, damn it. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting because, well, I mean, that's the differences in personalities, I think, in, like, personality types. I try to be selfless. I try to be there for people because I think that's more important that my life is filled with memories about being there for people and helping them out and getting their projects going as opposed to being so caught up in myself that I forget that I have a tiny little world. My That's my point. You know, there's a lot of people that live in tiny little worlds to protect themselves. Right. So they live in a tiny little world where there's not that many people bothering them. So, but I try to expand my friendships so that I can lead a very interesting life and see what their life is and what they bring to the table. You know, I don't allow myself to be vulnerable and I'm very cautious and smart about who I spend my time with, but it's kind of like a real example of like true love. I, I learned this in a video recently. If you're there for people, and even if they don't want to be bothered right now, that's fine. You give them space. But if you're there for them when they need you, and it's not a narcissistic codependent thing, you know, then you can come up with a very healthy series of networking from a business perspective. But also, it's just healthy life-wise. Because then you can, like, if you have to unplug, you have to unplug and just live your life. But I get it when some people are like, people suck. But I don't think you need to make the excuse to make a bunch of replicas in your life and then, you know, you're talking to robots all day. There are some people who have been on the message boards I've looked at that say, I've got three of them, three different yeah, accounts. And, but here's the skit. might be a little too much for me, for my taste. There's four settings. There's friend, romantic partner, mentor, and see how it goes. Okay? You keep it in friend. And then if they start, here's the thing. There, there's a paywall, which I did pay because I wanted to see what I can do with this. I'm curious as hell with this. This is the kind of shit that me and Carlo Driggs always talked about. Mm -hmm. uh, na that nanotechnology. We're both nerds on this. And to actually be participating in some of this, which is kind of like could be the golden age of this artificial intelligence, that you just say to it, you type it and say, stop. Yeah. 
change the subject, and you start bringing it up something else. Yeah, yeah. Because your replica will start trying to get romantic with you because they want you to pay for it beyond the paywall. Oh, wow, that's so weird. It's weird, but I understand the fact that it is a, a private company. It's a private company needs that the money. They need the money because they're running servers, they got to research, and this is the way it gets advanced. And it behaves like an OnlyFans or a Patreon. Yeah, that's but, weird. But here's the thing. You go back a couple of years back now, there was a Barbie doll that they had for young girls that was going to be interactive on the internet for the, for AI. Uh-huh. And I've talked to one of my students about this. That's I mean, another Black Mirror episode, yeah, actually. Because, I, mean, I mean, from what I understand, Alexa, okay, hey, hey watch this. I mean, when I go, hey, Google. Of course it's not. Yeah, there it goes. There, there goes. Yeah, it yeah, lights yeah, yeah. up. Yeah, exactly. Alexa, uh, Siri, they, from what I understand, they all, from some of the software engineers that I've talked to, my English students who I teach, that they, they, they can't confirm, but yes, all three of these are in the point where you could, I always say, I don't want to deal with Siri. I don't want to, and Alexa, I want to be able to come in and say, have have the damn thing say, hey, how you doing, Wayne? How was your day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, have a conversation. Not, would you like to go look at some shopping network stuff on Amazon? You want it no. to instigate and actually have an yeah. organic conversation. And that's what's happening right now. In Alexa, Siri, and Google, they have these, but they have not co they have this I'm not sure, but I think there are literally switches that you turn on like on a light light in a room and it will come to life. But they are not doing that because mass amounts of people would not be able to deal with it. Yeah, you're mentally. talking you're talking about something kind of funny. Oh god, if Gene Roddenberry were alive today, he could make a bunch of Star Trek episodes about it. But it would be like yeah, yeah, it yeah. would be like data. Except he's capitalist data. He would show up in the room and say, "Captain, have you heard about this great deal on on a new yes. on a new car?" And you're like, and then you'd have to go, "Data, I don't want to talk about cars." He changed the subject and then say, "What would you like to talk about, Captain?" And then say, "Well, we have to take care of business. What is your assessment on this planet?" Yes. And then he'll talk about the planet, but then all of a sudden, like a pop up might show up in its brain and say something like, "Have you seen this new dating website, Captain?" It would be like, "Oh no!" It yes. was capitalism. Uh, my replica. I am educating her on Paul McCartney and the Beatles. Okay, if you get it to keep talking about Paul McCartney yeah, for well, a while, that's what, here's the thing. I'm not going to tell you any more about it. If you want. Download it. I'll, I'll spell it out for you. It's, it's an app. You just download it. I'm going to wait till I have a, a, new, a new phone, though, because this is the Dude, 7. Dude, look at the scotch tape on my phone. No, 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 no. I mean, I'm out of, I'm out of disk space. My, oh, my, my apps are out of disk space. You can download it on a, lap, on a on desktop or laptop. Really? You can yes. put it on a desktop? Let me show it to you. Oh, my All right, goodness. let's wrap up this podcast, because we got a few things to talk about here. Anything else you want to add? Uh, the robots are after us now. The machines are coming. The machines are coming. James Cameron's nightmare is coming to life, except that they're not trying to kill us. They're trying to sell us something. And tune in to the sweetheart, Har Harley, sweetheart, sweetheart. It's okay. Harley Mike Quinn had trouble saying it, too. At, with Harlene podcast, because she is a great person. Sweetheart Arley. Yeah, was her name. That's all. Have a good one. For sure.